0: Misty Football Network, that's Addison Hayes, that's Jake Anderson, I'm John Hogue, and this is the Super Flexible Podcast, and this is the eve of NFL regular season, week one. You've been patient, you've been good, your time has come, football is back! Got week one starts, sits and streamers, plus trade reflections and life on the wire. Superflex super facts. The worst five minutes in podcast history. And hold on to the guys holding on to the clipboards. First, let's talk some news and impact. Andrew Luck just clears his physical in time to avoid the pup list, but he's still out for week one. The Colts trade for Jacoby Brissett. Scott Tolzien gets a week one start. No suspension for, Ze- for Ezekiel Elliott, at least not yet, as he's about to Brady his his suspension. And Nathan Peterman making a push to start for the Buffalo Bills while Tyrod Taylor is still in the concussion protocol. Addison Hayes, what's up?
1: Yeah, I mean, Tyrod's still in the concussion protocol. Sean McDermott has said that Nathan Peterman is ready to start if Tyrod is still in the concussion protocol. Uh I've been saying it for a week or two now. I think Nathan Peterman is you know, going to get every chance he can to, to get that starting role, and it could be as early as Sunday. So I just think it's an interesting thing to watch for. Peterman should be rostered in every Superflex league anyway by now. And so it's more of a, you know, let's see how he does kind of thing than anything. You know, the funny part
0: is I'm totally just going to edit that so it's, Addison Hayes, what's up, man? And then it's gonna be you just saying all that. So yeah, just so you know,
1: yep. that's fine.
2: <laughs>
0: Good, glad you like that. Brock Osweiler is back in Denver. Ooh, man, I should, I should actually. <laughs> was that? Are you aroused? Uh, uh, <laughs> hand check. Hands
2: what on what the was table. that sound? Oh. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, oh. Thank God Brock is back. Oh, my
2: God. Oh, your franchise is saved.
0: One year later, Brock Osweiler is back in Denver, a rich man with a horrible reputation. The Broncos get him back at a huge discount to hold a clipboard. Martavis Bryant officially reinstated by the NFL, Jake.
2: My man, he's back. I, I can't wait. I It's been a long offseason, and I buy. I've been buying him everywhere. And, you know, there was a lot of talk that, you know, we didn't know about this reinstatement a couple weeks ago. And finally, finally, there's word he's back in the Pittsburgh uh, uniform playing week one. And I, I'm incredibly excited about that Pittsburgh offense. I think, I think there's a chance that that could be the number one offense in the league. So not only did Martavis get reinstated, which is a huge addition for, for that offense, They also made a sneaky little trade for Vance McDonald. Um, I think, but as far as fantasy purposes go, I think that just muddles up that position. I mean, I think Jesse James was a decent value with where he was going. and You could get him for basically free, and at least he's a starter. Now we just we don't know. Is, is Vance going to take over that position? Is Jesse James going to split reps? Is Xavier Grimble? There's still hype going around on him. So I think it clouds that as far as fantasy-wise, but I think it helps the Steelers' offense in a whole. So um, I'm incredibly excited that Martavis is back, and we're going to see him put up some monster numbers this year.
0: Before the trade for Vance McDonald, Head coach Mike Tomlin said that the, court, that the tight end position was, quote-unquote, junior varsity.
2: Mike- <laughs> <laughs> Ringing the endorsement. <laughs> That's right. He, he sounds excited. Uh,
0: so I'm sure he was waiting at the airport, uh, waiting for, uh, for Vance McDonald with, uh, with open arms. Mike Williams avoids the pup list. He's on the Chargers active roster. Addison, what does this do for Phillip Rivers and this Chargers offense?
1: Well, if Mike Williams plays and sees significant playing time, this is a big time bump for Phillip Rivers. Uh, Williams is a huge, uh, huge wide receiver. And so in the red zone, you know, they already have Gates and Hunter Henry. But Williams' presence in there is if if he catches more touchdowns, you know, for Phillip Rivers, that's just bumping up his value even more. And he's a field stretcher, he can win the 50 50 balls. Even though I'm not a huge fan of Mike Williams, I think this is a a pretty significant bump for Phillip Rivers.
0: Jarvis Landry's being investigated for domestic violence. We're just waiting for a suspension to come down on that one, and one suspension that did come down for a DUI. Willie Sneed suspended three games, Jake.
2: Yeah, I think think people are getting a little bit overhyped on Willie Sneed fitting into the Saints offense. And even preseason reps before this DUI happened... Sneed was really only getting on the field in three wide receiver sets. So I think people are sleeping on Ted Ginn and his role in this offense. I think he's going to probably be out there at number two outside receiver. And this suspension only makes that even more alarming that I think Willie Snead's target share is only going to be a certain percentage. And, and he had 100 targets last year. And I think he does get a little bit bit of a bump with the with Brandon Cooks leaving that offense. But I think people are getting a little bit too hyped up on, on Willie Snead and, and getting a, a whole lot of more volume in that offense. So this obviously hurts his stock a little bit. And I think he'll probably bring it back down to maybe where he should have been all along as far as value goes. Ted Ginn. Yeah, he's a sneaky sucker.
1: I've been saying it the whole entire offseason. I'm just sorry that it takes a suspension for people now to realize that. There's the news for week number
0: one of the NFL season. With injuries and suspensions all over the place, but you know what? I just don't care. The sun always shines brighter when the NFL season is back. Time for super flexible to get super factual. Addison has got some super facts for us in the
1: form of trivia. Yeah, yeah, this is gonna be fun. I, yeah, I don't... bring it on, John. <laughs>
0: bring it. Finally, get to face off with Jake. He's never happy with my rulings, so this time uh, it, it's, it's, in payback, baby. <laughs> it's, it's in Addison's hands. It's baby. It's in Addison's hands this time.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. Let's see if you guys can get these. I hope I've tried not to make them too hard, but I tried. You know, I'm not trying saying, to like man? give the answer away. You know,
0: make them hard. Bring it on.
1: All right. All right. Well, here's the first one. I hope this is a nice little intro for you. All right. Uh, By the way, these are all quarterbacks. I have three quarterbacks. First one. Last year, I was fifth in the league in passing yards. I passed for the second highest touchdowns in a season in my career. Okay. I also threw the most interceptions of my career. In 2013, I was the QB4 overall, In the last three years, I have been just outside the top 10, but still finish as a QB1.
2: Uh, oh, Philip Rivers. Wow. Did I get it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, bam!
1: Oh. Thank you, John. That a boy. That was good. John, did you even
0: have a guess? I couldn't look it up as fast as Jake could, so. Look it I, <laughs> up. How do
2: you look that up,
1: man? You can't be looking that
2: up. That's cheap. I was, I was I'm definitely. Up.
0: I was definitely thinking Philip Rivers, but uh, I'll give it to him. He he got it a lot faster than I did.
1: Yeah. So last year he passed for thirty three uh, touchdowns, which is his second highest in his career. He had thirty four back in like two thousand seven or two thousand eight, uh, and then he also threw for twenty one picks. I mean, the touchdowns are still there, that it's just the picks hurt him. So we'll see how the change of weaponry and maybe scenery affects him too. So, all right, Jake won nothing right now. That's pretty cool. Second guy. Last year, I finished outside the top 20 after two straight years of being a top 10 quarterback in 2014 and 2015. Since becoming a starter, I have averaged just under 4,000 passing yards and averaged 26 passing touchdowns per season last year was my third lowest completion percentage inside the 10 yard line only attempting 25 passing attempts inside the 10 after 49 attempts in 2014 and 41 in 2015
2: who am i i want to say eli Manning, but i think that's wrong no you're two for two
0: Oh What damn. is going on here? Oh, John, I didn't it. even I? I didn't even have a uh, guess on that one. I'm just was, like
2: I'm. I'm a degeneration X right now, just standing on stage <laughs> doing the
0: suck the, it the crotch chop. Uh, yeah, yes, really professional. On man. top of the world. Oh, that I don't, goes I, I right don't out understand the window. Why you had to take your pants off first to do that? But, <laughs> but whatever, uh, whatever, whatever it takes. Right. So don't, I mean, not much point. M- not much point in doing this third one. Oh, I think there anyways. is. Let's I do it anyways. I, we have it. to
2: clean sweep here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pull your pants up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hand check. All right, but I'm. I'm not feeding Jake these answers either. So yeah, that's what you John, say, John. Yeah, you just suck. <laughs> All right, it's the last one. Let's see if Jake can get this. I have never been a fantasy QB1. I have never passed for more than 4,000 passing yards in a single season. Last year, I threw for 28 touchdowns, but only six interceptions. Last year, I was 13th in fantasy points per game. But given all that, despite all that, I am still a consensus top five dynasty quarterback. Who am I? Derek Carr. There it is. Ah, boy. <laughs> yes, attaboy. on the board. Whoa. All right. That was it. That was all three, man. You guys got this fast. We're going to have to make them harder.
2: Oh, yeah. I think that was fun. Yeah. Especially the first two were really fun. <laughs> 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 I don't know about that last one. I think I was just zoning out, just celebrating myself. But that was good, John.
0: Gracias. It was good to
2: get one of those.
0: Yeah, but I mean, there were kind of three possible answers there, right? Yeah, yeah. Car, Mariota, Winston was going to be one of those guys. So that
1: was what, good. What gave you the car, or is that just your first guess?
0: That just it seemed like the most plausible.
1: Yeah, I thought it was crazy when I saw his inter- touchdown to interception ratio when I was making these. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't
0: yeah.
2: think he was like that. Twenty eight yeah. to six. Yeah, very yeah. pretty. That's what that's really. what was stumping me. I didn't. I couldn't put that together. Yeah, I yeah.
1: think that's that alone automatically threw out Winston.
2: Well, I knew that, but yeah. I just Carr was not on my radar there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, never passed for really more than
1: four thousand. But he's a you know last year 28 to six touchdown interceptions. But
2: I didn't I didn't know he had only six picks last year.
1: Yeah, that's
2: wow.
0: interesting. I've I, I actually have him ranked ahead of Mariota and Winston in my own ranking. So. Yeah, makes uh makes that feel a little. Uh, a little well, then strange. you should know <laughs> that answer it yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I probably should, <laughs> and I should probably consider uh, like, it when I look at yeah. my rankings next.
2: <laughs> I like their car a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I stand by it having having him. Uh, I think I've got him third, if I remember right. I have him about yeah. five or six third. somewhere in there. But that segues nicely into uh, we're going uh, into our uh, week one um, starts and sits, and uh, we're going to talk about one guy that we, each of us would, would start, um, for those of you making some tough decisions at either your quarterback or super flex position, and uh, one guy that you might consider sitting if you have the option to. So let's start with you, Jake.
2: Yeah, my start is going to be Carson Palmer going up against the brutal defense of the Detroit Lions. I think that's a matchup that Carson Palmer's mouth is just going to be watering. That defense has looked pretty lethargic this preseason. Uh, They've got one good cornerback. They've got a, a good defensive end, and that's about it. (laughs) <laughs> um, I like his chances to put up some some good numbers uh, utilizing Larry Fitz and John Brown and, and David Johnson and, and all the like. So I think he's he puts up a, a, at least a top ten week uh, in week one here. Last
1: year, I, I guess I should word this as more of a question for you, Jake. Are you concerned about him going on the road to Detroit? Uh, even though it is a dome, but it is a road game for Carson Palmer.
2: Yeah, somewhat. I know his home road splits can be a little bit bad, but um, for me, when I really look at, uh, if it's not Ben Roethlisberger, I'm not going to worry about too much about the home road splits. But another thing is, it's not as it's not far west coast to east coast travel. You know, mm-hmm. like the Raiders are going to Tennessee, correct? week one, right. I think that's. That's where teams tend to lay an egg when they have to travel all the way across the country. So that's not a big concern for me, uh, traveling from Arizona to Detroit. Yeah, last year his home
1: road splits. At home he had 2,400 yards, 13 touchdowns, and three picks. But on the road he only had 1,800 yards, same 13 touchdowns, but 11 picks. His QB rate suffered.
2: uh, Sure. But I I just think that defense is that bad. Where yeah. he can he can pick them apart, and like you have mentioned, uh, Palmer looks like he's in in much better condition this year going into this season than he was last year.
0: So you're starting Carson Palmer. Who are you going to sit?
2: Oh, I'm going to sit Phillip Rivers, my my guy. I just I don't like him going into Denver. I mean, it's, that's that's a road game. That's a division game, and that's a that's a tough defense. Even though they got rid of Ward. That secondary is still really good, really good. And um, it's just, yeah, it's just a quarterback that's going up against a top five defense on the road. And the division game, those division games tend to be a little bit tighter, maybe a little bit lower scoring games as well. Um, So he's a guy for me that I'm probably going to sit on my bench in week one.
0: That's an offense, by the way, that could be very dynamic at some point, but it's a little bit one-dimensional until some of these wide receivers start getting healthy too. So that's that's kind of one thing to keep in mind.
1: Addison, who uh, who are you starting this week? Yeah, so my start after Jake stole mine is actually going to be Jared Goff. He plays uh, the Indianapolis Colts this week. So, uh, I mean, the Colts defense... We saw last year is, uh, you know, pretty holy and holy. (laughs) Holy cow, that is holy. holy. (laughs) Like Sunday holy? (laughs) No, like uh, Swiss cheese holy. Anyway, yeah, so, I mean, the Colts uh, last year was near the bottom in terms of passing yards allowed per game. Uh, They allowed over 260 passing yards per game. And the Rams are going to be at home. Sean McVay, you know, Cooper Cup, Sammy Watkins, all this stuff, you know, is just a big storm brewing for Jared Goff. So I, I think that week one he can show that he was the first overall pick last year against a pretty bad Indianapolis Colts defense. And I expect the Rams to win that game pretty easily, actually. So Jared Goff would be my start. So my sit is actually Dak Prescott. Um, I think this is its not obvious, but it almost is kind of obvious when you look at the numbers more. Uh, last year, Dak suffered tremendously against the New York Giants, uh, who he's playing week one. Even though he is playing at home, uh, and he is still pretty bad against the New York Giants, even though we only have a two-game sample size. Last year against the Giants, he in two games, he only passed for 392 yards, one touchdown, and threw two picks. Uh, wasn't even that effective on the ground either. So, I mean, if Zeke is going to play week one potentially two, that's just another thing taken away from Dak. Uh, going back to you know their their power rushing game and that New York Giants defense is tough. That it's it's very very good from their front seven all the way to their secondary. So i'm i'm start or i'm sitting uh dak prescott this week at home against the giants and i'm starting sam
0: bradford i've been beating the drum for uh not for, not only for bradford but for the minnesota vikings offenses as a whole um the entire offseason and uh I, they start off with a prime matchup on monday night at home with the the terrible uh defense of the new orleans saints coming into town To me, this is a perfect catalyst game for what I think is going to be an offensive explosion uh, in the the Great North. And uh, so I'm I'm going with Sam Bradford. Um, I think this is going to be a little bit of a track meet. I mean, I think that uh, you know, I think that Drew Brees is going to be able to hold his own against a very good defense and uh, keep keep Bradford throwing. And uh, I I think that he's going to utilize all of those all of those weapons that he's got all over the field. So I'm actually really excited to see uh, what this offense can do, and it starts here in Week One. And as far as a sit, I'm gonna sit the I'm gonna sit Kirk Cousins of Washington. Um, he, Even though he's at home Even though he seems to have Plenty of, uh, of weapons At his disposal First of all he's got a very very good Secondary coming into town in, uh, With the Philadelphia Eagles And uh, he also He lost 214 targets With the, the departures Of Pierre Garcon and Deshaun Jackson I think that Terrell Pryor Makes some of those up I think that Jamison Crowder takes a step I think that Josh Josh Doxon gets involved at some point, but I think that it's just way too early to
1: expect that type of chemistry. So wait, John, are uh, on the flip side of the Vikings game, are you hesitant to start Drew Brees, given that the Vikings defense is pretty good, he's going up north, it's going to be, even though it's September, it's probably colder than what it is in New Orleans right now. Uh, he's playing outside, you know, all those factors against Drew Brees that fantasy owners are worried about
0: right and his home split his home road splits are horrible over the years um but i mean i i can't imagine that you've got a better option as at your qb1 i mean you drafted him to to fill that role so i don't i don't see benching him um and i i you know i i think that i don't know that he's going to be a qb1 This week, I think that he's going to have some challenges going up against that defense, but I think that he's going to be good enough to be, you know, a top twenty-four type of guy, which is still, you know, super flex range. So, yeah, I think you're starting Drew Brees. I know you, you know, don't necessarily love it, but I think you got to do it.
2: More, yeah, I think you, uh, yeah, I think you just have to lower your expectations and. I still think he could finish as a low-end quarterback one relatively easily. The Vikings defense hasn't looked very good this preseason, although Zimmer has not you know, put in those stunts and blitzes and confusion, and he's it's been very vanilla this preseason. But Drew Brees is an elite quarterback, and, and actually it is indoors, Addison, up in Minnesota. We do have an indoor stadium up there, um, so right, the, yeah. the, the, the weather won't be anything to, to worry about. And... Drew Brees is also historically really good on Monday night football. So that's another thing to look out. Season opener up there. <clears throat> I don't like his matchup. And I and like I said, I think you have to lower your expectations a bit, but I would not take him out of my quarterback one. I don't think it's that glaring of a of a matchup.
0: Yeah, yeah. So don't be afraid to start Drew Brees. I mean I think the Saints lose this game, which also means the possibility for some garbage time, so There's, yeah, I don't think there's any way that I'm taking him out of my lineups. Let's uh, so let's real quick, let's shotgun this week one slate of matchups.
1: Yeah, Matt Ryan has a really good matchup against Chicago. Yeah, Uh, Big Ben is going to torch the
0: Browns. Yeah, I think Josh McCown is a sneaky start at uh at Buffalo. They uh they did everything that they can in Buffalo to decimate that defense. They lost Stephon Gilmore, they lost lost Ronald Darby, and uh they have absolutely no interest in winning any games if they can avoid it. So this game might be for the number one pick overall.
2: Yeah, I do like Marcus Mariota's matchup, uh going against Oakland. Like I said earlier. Oakland traveling all the way across the country to come to Tennessee and Oakland's secondary hasn't been great in the past, maybe slightly upgraded from last year. I know their front seven's really good, but um, I do like Marcus Mariota this week. Might as well talk about your boy, Kaiser.
1: I'm concerned about Kaiser for this week, even though, I mean, it is the Steelers' defense. The It's, it's the secondary, you know, that's always been the weakness for the Steelers, especially recently, but they added Joe Hayden another year for Uh, Artie Burns, Kaiser being a rookie. I mean, our our defensive coordinators in the past have usually not been very kind to rookie quarterbacks, especially Brown's rookie quarterbacks. So, I mean, I want him to succeed. I want him to, you know, break out and show everybody that he can do it. I'm just concerned that because it's the Steelers that he's not going to, you know, show what, he needs to show to prove people wrong
0: i think the steelers are a sneaky good defense actually
1: yeah i think they are too i mean,
0: it might be the first time in what five years since they've had a had an elite level defense
1: they've been a they've been a good one of my targets for redrafts uh with defenses they have a really soft schedule for the first couple of weeks especially starting off with cleveland so
0: one other guy i'm concerned about is andy dalton speaking of that afc north I think uh I think the Baltimore Ravens have another they I think they're another one that's uh they're trending upwards on the defensive side, and another guy that I kind of like this week is Brian Hoyer um at home against the panthers where uh Kyle Shanahan has had you know what six months to game plan for this for this game against a team that he's very familiar with, so addison everyone is talking about the superflex super streak the Super Flexible Podcast's contribution to uh, the the NFL season. Is it too late for listeners to get
1: involved? No, no, it's not too late. You still have plenty of time. You just have to let us know, uh, preferably before Thursday, uh, since that's you know when the first game is with the Chiefs and the Patriots. So if you want Brady or Alex Smith as one of your quarterbacks for week one, then I would hop on that. We already have uh, a good deal of participants already, and I'm actually really excited to get this thing going. So, um, if, if for you guys, if, if you guys are maybe new listeners or you didn't hear it from last week, what we're doing is a listener-type league without doing an actual Superflex league. Um, it's it's a play on the ESPN Eliminator Challenge and the uh, Beat the Streak. So, what we're doing is, every single week, you pick at least one quarterback, you have the option to pick two, but you want to pick a quarterback that will eclipse 250 passing yards that week. So if you do that in consecutive correct picks, you know your streak builds and the whoever has the biggest the highest streak at the end of the year is the winner. And so if you and if your quarterback doesn't pass 250 passing yards, then your streak goes back down to 0 and you start from scratch again. So then the other twist is once you play a quarterback, you can't play him for the remainder of the year. So the example I gave, I believe, last week was if I, if week one, if I were to pick Drew Brees, I can't use Drew Brees at all again for the rest of the season. So you kind of have to, you know, play the matchups, look ahead, maybe a little bit too, and that's that's the entire game right there. So I'm actually really looking forward to getting this thing started. Um, I want to thank everybody who's already, you know, voiced their. Uh, they want to play in the Superflex Superstreak and there's plenty of time to still get involved. you just have to DM us at superflex pod or you can DM any one of us three uh, on Twitter as well and we can get you in.
0: So yeah join us in Superstreak. Let's talk about some a little trade reflection here um, one that we uh, that we got involved in on Twitter um, uninvited. Uh, which is always our style. Rob Gronkowski in a Superflex, .25 point per carry, with a tight end premium of one point five points per reception for tight ends. Rob Gronkowski for Dalvin Cook and Patrick Mahomes. I came out on the Gronk side by the, on this one, and it's close for me. Uh, you guys both had Cook and Mahomes. Convince me.
2: I don't. I think points per carry leagues uh, hugely. Affect the the running backs value, and I, that's why I enjoy playing in those kinds of leagues. Is is and tight end premium leagues as well, uh, but it makes the running backs value so much greater. And uh, yeah, honestly, superflex. Obviously, quarterbacks are incredibly important in superflex leagues. I think in this format, running backs are the second most valuable commodities in, in this kind of f- scoring format. Because, I mean, you're getting 2.25 points per carry. And I think Cook, coming and again, we haven't seen what he's going to do, but I do believe he takes over that backfield and is the bell cow, even in his rookie season. And even if he's not, this is dynasty, and I think he will do that. You're talking about a guy that could get 250 at least, carries in in an offense and and that's incredibly valuable and we've seen what what's going on with with Gronk and his injury concerns and it, even even 1.5 tight end premium scoring format that doesn't make me value value tight ends nearly as much as running backs in this format
0: yeah and that's uh I, so it's a tough one for me because of the fact that you're getting the two rookies you're getting two rookies that I that I like a lot. I mean, I rank them both at number one in their position for this draft class. Um, but I, where I disagree with you is uh, the notion that 0.25 points per carry is going to do more than that tight end premium. Um, I uh, you know, looking at Rob Gronkowski's oh, where are those stats? I had I haven't threw some stats at you guys. And now I don't see
2: him. I think you just made him up in your head.
0: Oh, yeah. No, that's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I think he did as well. Uh, I don't know where they were. but
0: um, 90% of stats are made up on the spot, by the way.
2: Here, John, you want some
1: stats? I got some stats for you. All right, let's hear it. All right, so if you're arguing that Rob Gronkowski in a tight end premium league is more valuable than a Dalvin Cook who is the potential bell cow in the Minnesota Vikings offense, right? Mm -hmm. So with 0.25 points per carry, um, I actually said this in a Twitter thing, but um, if Dalvin Cook gets 20 carries per game, that's an extra five fantasy points just on the point per carry by itself. If Gronk gets five receptions per game, that's an extra two and a half points with the 1.5 points per reception for a tight end, right? Now the 20 carries is, it's uh it's pretty steep, especially for a rookie running back. And even though he is projected to be the bell cow, that's still pretty steep. So the Jake said that he could potentially get 250 carries uh, this year, which is 16 per game. So at 16 per game, that's an extra four fantasy points for Dalvin Cook than uh, just on the points per carry and. To equalize that out, Gronk would need eight receptions per game uh, with a 1.5 points per reception for tight end. That's the extra four points um, just on the extra half point per reception alone for tight ends. But that stat itself, the eight receptions per game, is pretty unrealistic even for Gronk considering that his career high um, receptions per game is 5.6. Uh, he's never had... He had 90 receptions uh, in 2011, uh, and he played all 16 games. He had 82 in 2014, and 72 in 2015. But that's still, you know, only 5.6 receptions per game. And so that, to me, is the biggest difference here between Dalvin Cook and Rob Gronkowski. Not to mention the fact that I argue that Rob Gronkowski, while yes, he is, you know, the number one tight end in the league. For fantasy, uh, I believe that the tight end position itself is pretty replaceable, especially in a tight end premium format. So that's why I took the Dalvin Cook-Pat Mahomes side.
0: So the the problem there is you're only giving Gronk 0.5 points per reception, and he actually gets 1.5. His career average it it for receptions in a season is 58. At 1.5... Uh, points per reception that's 87 points Um, an additional 87 points for the season on top of uh, yardage and touchdowns Um, his career high is 90 catches per season or for in one season which I believe was his rookie year and uh, at 1.5 catches or 1.5 points per reception that's 135 points additional points for the season if you give Dalvin Cook that two hundred and fifty, those two hundred and fifty carries, at point two five points per carry, that's you're only getting an extra sixty two point five points per carry. So, I I don't that's a that's a pretty big discrepancy that you have to make up.
2: Um, yeah, but we're also in any tight end premium league. You're also assuming that the other skill positions are still getting a point per reception. So right. the premium is not one and a half points bonus, it's a it's a half a point bonus. So I think that's where Addison was going with that argument. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, for me, even and this might even sound crazy, but I think Cook for Gronk is close by itself. So and I and if this was a Cook versus Gronk, I totally get your your argument there, but. The fact that Patrick Mahomes is is just kind of a throw-in on this deal in my mind and has a potential, and again, I do have concerns. You guys know I have some concerns about Patrick Mahomes. as much as I do love his upside. But let's mitigate those risks a little bit. His upside is a top-five quarterback in this league. Um, I think we all could probably agree on that. So uh, the fact that you could even have the potential of that to happen, even if he's not, he's probably – uh, middling quarterback 2 in this league, so that has value in its own right, so the combination of Mahomes and Cook for Gronk, I think that's great value for Gronk, uh, especially what you've gotten out of Gronk the last year and a half two years trying
0: to find scoring
2: history. we've silenced it <laughs> <laughs> nope, we did definitely
0: it. not temporarily temporarily
1: <laughs> uh, let's see not to mention the fact that gronk you know struggles to stay
2: healthy yeah that was a big part of it
1: that yeah that's a that's
0: a definite concern um i will grant you that um to me that puts his shelf life you know best case scenario his shelf life is the same as dalvin cook's that's certainly not a guarantee for either one of them but uh i mean in a again in a tight end premium i just think that uh First of all, the tight ends get a huge bump. Um, their value is enhanced quite a bit, even when, you know, even in a PPR league, even in a points-per-carry league. And uh so I'm trying to, like, look up stats while I'm talking. This is not working because you guys m- might actually be right here. Damn it.
2: Aha! That would suck. Oh, yeah. Trust me. Look it up.
0: I've got a league that has... uh the exact same scoring and yeah, I do too. Running backs actually do pretty well.
2: <laughs> running backs, <laughs> running backs kill on this format, man. Yeah, you want workhorse running backs in this in this format for me. Yeah, that's why I said I think Cook Cook for Gronk is close, straight yeah. up.
0: But I mean, I think that you can find those those carries a lot easier than you can. You can find. I don't what gronk can do for you
2: yeah but you're also assuming he plays 16 games that's that's a big part of the equation there yeah yeah it
0: definitely is and like i said i mean i i fully admit that the risk is on the gronk side because you know who even though these are two rookies they still have a better chance at uh at having a long career than he does but you know back to addison's you know two to three year window gronk in a tight end premium is gonna um, is guaranteed to be you know a top two or three tight end as long as he stays healthy sometimes even when he doesn't yeah, I'm not finding the stats I was looking for to back that up though so <laughs> so I mean I will grant you this I mean like I said, you know running backs do extremely well in this format. I think that you can make those points up fairly easy easily without giving up gronk but yeah i'm i I am with you that in the same format, Legarrett Blunt finished higher than any of the tight ends.
2: It was a down year for tight ends though last year as well.
0: Yeah, there were a couple really good ones though. Travis Kelsey would have been in the same format, Travis Kelsey would have been a top five pass catcher.
2: Yeah, but, but I he, think it was even... I think it was the lowest tight end production in like seven years. Is that right?
0: Yes. Yeah, it was yeah, I'm
2: pretty sure. Yeah, I mean Kyle Rudolph was the number two tight end last year.
1: To add on to this even more, using tight end premium scoring uh, in 2014, Rob Gronkowski would have finished with 307 fantasy points. Um, if we're projecting where about where Dalvin Cook is going to wind up being for this year and a .25 point per carry, um, I mean. I'm looking at Lamar Miller right now who had 268 attempts but only had, you know, just under 1100 yards and five touchdowns. He still would have finished with 260 fantasy points in a, in that p- point per carry format. And so, I mean, that's a 40-point differential and that's on that's with Lamar Miller. So,
2: <laughs> and plus we're going to give her some receptions out of cook too. So, receptions and yardage we're talking about all-purpose yardage slump from lines of, you know line of scrimmage uh, that adds up real quick and and it, it's kind of difficult going from a just a dynasty mindset where you know a lot of us are going more zero running back strategy trying to invest in wide receivers and then all of a sudden these running backs get such a huge bump you know so you almost have to play a little bit shorter term and then try to go for your championship sooner and just you know, Take the hit and invest in those running backs Because if you don't have those running backs It's going to be hard for you to compete
0: Alright, this is one that I'm uh, I'm going to be actually Kind of happy to uh, Accept defeat Because like I said, I mean, I like I like Dalvin Cook a lot I, yes. And Pat Mahomes is To me, the number one rookie quarterback um, I know that, uh, that I'll also get some pushback on that But It looks like Travis Kelsey, tight end one last year, in this format would have been uh, player number 39 overall, behind guys like Mark Ingram, Melvin Gordon, Devonta Freeman, LaShawn McCoy. So, yeah, running back volume makes a huge difference in this format. Whatever. I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) This is stupid. All right, on to our one uh, listener question. It was more um, a piece of feedback than anything, but Joshua Johnson of the DFF Army and host of the IDP Edge Crushers podcast. Uh, I definitely recommend checking that out. Now they're on iTunes, so uh, no no excuses left to not be listening to that one if you're in an IDP league. But Josh recommends. He says, I think my fellow Superflex players would love to hear you guys break down some backup quarterbacks. So we were we were thinking about putting these into tiers. Um, you know, there are some very obvious backup quarterbacks to own, especially in the Dynasty League. Um, you know, handcuffing Tom Brady and, and Drew Brees and Carson Palmer um, are, are fairly obvious ones. And a few of the uh, the more injury-prone guys. But what about putting these guys into tiers? What if you've got some potential, uh, some some options for uh, to roster some backup quarterbacks? Give me some names of some guys that you're going to go with um, based on things like age, th- things like uh, injury risk, um, things like potential opportunity, if uh, one of these guys does step into a starter's role. And... Uh, I'm also curious just about the talent of the of some of these backup quarterbacks. So, so, uh, so give me some names, guys.
2: I think we have to start off with all the rookies <laughs> that aren't starting already this year. I think their opportunity is going to be faster than anybody else's, and obviously uh, those those top three uh, they have they have draft capital. So. Uh, Trubisky is my quarterback one. I know Patrick Mahomes is. I think both of your guys is quarterback one in this class. And then <clears throat> uh, Deshaun Watson, who who was plenty of people's quarterback one in this class. Those guys are obviously going to be owned in in all superflex leagues. And the people that drafted them probably value them highly, so they're going to be tough to get a hold of. But um, just going past that, yeah, you get to Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a valuable backup. Very valuable backup, especially for a Tom Brady owner. Um, it certainly would be nice to have him on your roster. And then we've talked about this guy as well, who's who's a great buy low right now. And I, I've mentioned on Twitter that I think this window is closing relatively quickly, would be Teddy Bridgewater. So he's another guy that I think you go out and get at, at this point. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Addison, I know you're, you're a Peterman guy. Yeah, I would have
1: to throw Nathan Peterman in there with the, you know, the rookie quarterbacks, kind of like a, you know, a, a four group now, kind of like how people have been throwing Kareem Hunt in with the rookie running backs. Um, as far as his long-term dynasty value, I'm not quite sure yet. We'll still have to see how that one goes. Um, but to throw out a couple more names, you know, past all of those guys, Matt Barkley makes an interesting case uh, as well as uh, C.J. Bathard. Um, I'm not exactly sure who won that quarterback battle.
2: Barkley, any of you guys?
0: Bar- Barkley got cut, so...
1: Never mind, then.
2: Don't <laughs> pick up Matt Barkley. <laughs> Stay away from Barkley. So, it's yet to be known who has won that quarterback <laughs> battle. Oh, Bethard is the only other
1: quarterback on that roster. Yeah, nice. Correct, so, man. he... Honestly, if you can get him, he might make a very interesting stash. Because Hoyer is, you know, injury-prone. Uh, he can't stay healthy. So, and he's also Shanahan's first, you know, QB in that on that team. So we will see what he can be able to do with him to groom him. Even I didn't like Bethard coming out of college though. But I mean, as a dynasty stash, why not behind Brian Hoyer? Yeah, I would I would definitely look at him. Um, AJ McCarron is another name uh, as a backup. The Cincinnati backup. Uh, I know he drew some interest. The Bengals actually turned down a second-round pick for him. Uh, I'm not sure which team that was. Was that ever reported, which team that was?
0: I don't remember. I know Denver
1: was was after him. Was it Cleveland? That might have been, too. It might have been Cleveland.
2: I'm not sure. Yeah, Cardinal Jones is another one. Think about. uh, I I hate it. I hate the thought of it, but... uh, There's word in Arizona that Blaine Gabbert might get a shot next year, (laughs) which is disgusting to think about. Uh, But certainly, you know, I mean, that's the thing. We don't have to like these guys and their prospects, but if they got a shot at starting, they carry valuable. They you know they carry valuable, and they're usually at least rosterable in in superflex leagues.
0: Mm -hmm. So you guys mentioned some of those uh, some of those early. You know some of those first round rookies who are you know currently sitting on the bench, guys like uh, Watson, Mahomes. Well, not guys like those guys; those guys specifically, Watson, Mahomes, Trubisky. Right now they're on the bench, but the in all likelihood that's gonna that's gonna change as early as this year for all three of them. What happens to Alex Smith? mike glennon and tom savage from there do they become um high-end backup quarterbacks or are you are you just dropping them as soon as they lose that job
2: well i think alex smith is in a different category than maybe the other guys there you know we've seen what he can do fantasy production maybe not be that great but he certainly is a leader of a of a franchise and getting at least can get a, a team to the playoffs and And Head coaches and general managers, they like that because that's job security for them Uh, You know, they don't necessarily have to win the Super Bowl They just have to win games and put butts in the seats and and be successful there So I'd imagine that Alex Smith is gonna get a job somewhere if Pat Mahomes takes over for him. The other guys Tom Savage uh, We'll we'll see Uh, But I'd still be willing to sit on them at least through the end of this season in the next off season, if I had room on my roster to do so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I think Alex Smith is going to get a, a job somewhere next year. Um, Tom Savage, I think goes back to where he was last year behind Brock Osweiler. And, uh, I think Mike Glennon is the same exact thing. I mean, they, they have the potential to be a starter should something happen to the starter in front of them. But as far as Savage and Glennon go, uh, I mean, they, I might drop them depending on, you know, if there's a, a nice waiver addition or depending on how my team looks. But, I mean, for the most part, if you're in a deep enough roster, you can keep both of them when they get replaced. Yeah, yeah so... A, oh, a
2: good, Chad, Chad, Chad Kelly. We didn't Chad Kelly, talk about that's another good one. Yeah, he's, Chad he's Kelly. He's one of my absolute favorite snatches. so he's definitely got to keep an eye out on um, just
1: to throw out another, a couple more names, just to keep on your guys' radar, they should be available on the waiver wire, and you don't need to add them just yet, but just know who these guys are, right? Um, bef- a great resource, I'm looking at it right now, um, it's ourlads.com. Uh, they do the depth charts for every single team, and so you can actually look at uh, the depth charts by position for every team. So I'm, when you go through that, it's a great resource for backup quarterbacks and stuff. So doing that, I, I've noticed a couple interesting names uh, as backup QBs that, you know, deserve to be mentioned. Um, Josh Dobbs is one of them. Uh, I think Brissett makes an interesting case in Indianapolis, but he'll be behind Luck. Um, Henny and Jacksonville. Uh, we already mentioned Cardale Jones. Um, I'm a personal I'm personally a big fan of Davis Webb behind Eli even though he's listed as the third string QB behind Geno Um, but I think that that'll change pretty quickly Colt McCoy is an interesting name in Washington especially if Kirk Cousins decides to uh, move to a different team next year in free agency Uh, uh, Jake Ruddock has made a nice impression in preseason behind Matthew Stafford and Chase Daniel actually won the quarterback two position behind Drew Brees. Um, Ryan Nassib, I know I said his name last week, but he was actually cut. So the backup behind Brees is Chase Daniel right now.
2: So I think I think there's one more that people are really sleeping on, and I'd I'd like this guy coming out of college, and he's in a good system, uh, sitting behind one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Who is it, guys? And, and it, for for me, it's a little, we haven't seen as much out of him, but I think he could be the next Jimmy Garoppolo, where next offseason people are trying to trade for him, and he could get a starting role next year, and, and who knows how successful he would be, but I like his skill set, and it's, I think he could... I think he could be a sleeper that I think people should honestly go pick him up right now. i I try to get him because I have this this quarterback that I'm referring to as my starter because I wanted him as a backup. But that's another thing I like to do in Superflex leagues is if I have the roster space, go pick up your quarterback's backup if there aren't any starters out there, if there's not any quarterbacks that you're really interested in, because if they go down, that quarterback is going to be extremely valuable and you want to make sure that you at least have that starter for that team locked up uh but if you guys don't have a guess
1: he's talking about Brett Hundley yes oh there Brett, you go that's Brett a good one. Hundley yeah yeah
2: and he showed he showed well this and there was even a little bit of chatter about maybe someone trying to make a deal for him Jacksonville or somebody like that. So I think he's a guy that you go pick up now. If you have the, if you have the roster space and just sit on him because I think next year uh, he could be traded. I think he's got, he's got a couple years left on his rookie deal. And the, I could see the Packers getting a second round pick out of this guy. And I think they took him in the sixth round or something like that. So I know Matt Waldman was a big fan of Brett Hundley, and he kind of turned me around on him. Originally I didn't know what to think about Brett only, uh, but just watching the RSP film room and and you know I'm a huge Matt Waldman fan, so I trust what he has to say, and he makes me sometimes go back to the tape and reevaluate and changes the way I look at some things. So uh, I think he's a guy that you go you go get if you can, especially if you're an Aaron Rodgers owner, because so if he goes down,
0: that that brings me to one more uh, point that I want to make. Um, we won't spend too much time on that. On this, but uh, there, I think there's one more tier out there that I want to ask you guys about, and I want to ask you how important you feel it is to handcuff your quarterback, especially in a in a particularly deep uh, superflex or two quarterback league. You know, even with the the young guys like Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, um, you know, Russell Wilson. How important do you feel like it would be to pick up? You know, if you're the Russell Wilson owner to, to take Austin Davis, um, if you've got Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick in Tennessee behind Marcus Mariota's uh, Matt Castle. Um, you know, and then Addison mentioned Jacoby Brissett bes- behind Andrew Luck. Uh, it's Connor Cook behind Derek Carr. And uh, one other that I'm kind of curious about, less is a handcuff and more is a, um, a potential deep deep sleeper and a dark horse to eventually start if things don't go the way we think they will behind jared goff uh mr sean Mannion.
2: this comes into play most when you're talking about deep rosters uh deep teams i mean if you're talking a 14 16 team league that definitely comes into consideration or if you're in a two qb league with a, maybe a little bit deeper rosters, this comes into play. So it's not necessarily something that I do in a typical 12-person flex league, but if there's deep rosters or if, if I have the bench space where there's no one else I see valuable in rostering, that's when I'll go and grab their backups. Or if I see a potential like Brett Hundley where I feel like he could potentially go somewhere else and be successful, then I think he's worth a roster spot. But it's not generally something that I look to do, but I know in one of my leagues I just picked up Derek Anderson just because I have Cam Newton, and I had the roster space because it was an auction. I went studs and duds, so my bench was very thin, and I had to pick up somebody. I mean, <laughs> it was between him and you know one of the low-end rookie running backs that I'm not very excited about, so um, I picked him up. So it's something that you can think about doing.
1: Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm I'm not a huge guy for handcuffing. No matter what position it is, um, I mean, if you if you have a starting quarterback and it's a very deep roster, then uh, go for it. But in, in in just a normal, you know, superflex dynasty league with twenty five, maybe even thirty man rosters, I'm not, you know, too concerned about handcuffing my quarterback unless I really believe that quarterback uh, has the potential to have some pretty significant value as more than just you know a starter, but as an actual guy who could potentially contribute, um, Brett Hundley wouldn't be, you know, a good, uh, a good example of that as well as a couple of other, these names that I've mentioned previously. So,
0: all right, let's move on to our final segment, the worst five minutes in podcast history, because we're going to defy so much advice from so many podcasters. And we're actually going to talk about our own leagues just a little bit. Um, just to tap into the uh, the sympathetic side of our listeners. Um, and also because, just to mark the occasion that we finally are in a league, all three of us are in the same Superflex league together. Um, we finally uh, went through our draft the other day. And uh, so, I guess the first question there is, uh, do you guys have any... Any reflections on your own personal rosters from that draft? Anything that you feel like went particularly well? Anything that you wish you could have done differently? And uh, just any any other takeaways um, based on the landscape of that particular Superflex league?
2: Yeah, I got such a good team. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> this is the kind of this is not the kind of analysis that I wanted to do when we said we were going to do about this. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, my team's so good. Listen to this roster.
0: So <laughs> Okay, well since you guys aren't gonna ask real quick, I am gonna point out that in that league I put Aaron <laughs> Rodgers and Andrew Luck on the same freaking roster. I don't know how that was how I was allowed to do that, but that just happened. <laughs> I don't know. It just now all you can do is just deal with it.
2: <laughs> this is a redraft league though, so let's Let's uh, let's be real here, right?
0: Still. This still, is Redraft.
2: Still. So, Andrew, Andrew Luck, he might Flex. not play. He might not play for six weeks. We don't know that yet. So, yeah, I, I'd say hold your horses there a little bit. And <laughs> I will say Redraft's a little bit different monster than Dynasty is as far as quarterbacks and how we evaluate them and how we rank them. So, uh, I'd say hold your horses there.
0: Uh no. I, yeah I can't do that. I can't no, do that. No. This is that I that's just that. too good. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I will not be holding any horses. Um this was actually the trade that I I made about a week ago in my Home Dynasty League. Uh, it's turning to Superflex next year, so I'm we're preparing for that. Um, so I traded Corey Coleman, Sterling Shepard and a 2018 first for Gronk and Jared Goff. And that first is projected to be a top uh four pick how you guys feel about that one
2: seems like a lot to give
0: yeah i mean a big thing for me is i i always prefer wide receivers i know the two to three year window but i mean it's just so much easier to build around a wide receiver because you know what you get what you know what you're going to get for for a long time so giving up Two second year wide receivers in a high draft pick in this particular draft class that, that feels steep to me, even for your beloved Gronk.
2: <laughs> is that well, tied in premium? No, yeah, yeah th- there's
0: there's part of the issue. Also, you're taking on all the risk. I mean, you've with
1: Gronk and Goff, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You've got a quarterback that you don't know is going to pan
1: out. You've got a tight end that you don't know can stay healthy. Well, Goff now became my QB three, and to give you guys a little insight into my team, my wide receivers are Jordy, Doug Baldwin, Demarius Thomas, Jamison Crowder, Tywell, Tyrell Williams, Josh Doxon, and Kenny Galladay. Yeah, that makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess you've got him to spare. So
2: I just don't like that top four pick next year.
0: Yeah, this is this by the way. This feels like the draft class where you wanna you wanna be at the top There's of it, but
2: so many good running backs in next year. Running right, backs, right. and
0: yeah, and to me, Cortland Sutton looks like. Eh, this is getting a little too Debbie, but Courtland, I love Cortland Sutton. Yeah, he looks like one of the the. To me, he's the best wide receiver to come out of college in years.
2: But. I think that's a, I think that's a bit of a stretch. But I do no. like, I, no, do it's like not. <laughs> I do like Corland Sutton, but that's a that's a stretch.
0: All right. There it is. The worst five minutes in podcast history. And you just <laughs> suffered through it. So thank you for listening to another episode of the Super Flexible Podcast. You can find Jake Anderson on Twitter at NFL Draft Talker. Addison Hayes is at Amaze Hayes underscore dff. I'm at dff dynasty dude. Also follow the Superflexible Podcast the Super Flex, at Superflex Pod, and our brand new trades account. Send us your trades at Super Superflex Trades, and uh, follow the rest of the Dynasty Football Factory at dff underscore dynasty and the Dynasty Football Network at df underscore network. All the other DF Network podcasts, Fantasy Football Fellas, Dynasty Warzone, IDP Crushers, and the Devi Watch podcast. So much content everywhere you look. The DFF Army has you covered. Please give us a rate and review on iTunes and Stitcher. And follow on Podbean as well. And until next week, thanks for listening. Best of luck in week one deuces and nathan peterman making a push to start for the buffalo bills while tyrod taylor is still in the concussion protocol addison hayes what's up
1: hey what's going on um that was bad <laughs> Hey, what's up? Hey, what's
0: going on? What's wrong
2: with Hey, what's up? Hey, I thought man. you were going to ask another
0: question.
2: <laughs> this is the point where you answered the damn question. <laughs> uh, what, what, what should, uh, what I'm should doing I, I ask fine. there?
0: What, what should I ask there?
2: What's up? I'm doing fine. <laughs> no what's up with the peterman man hey what's up what's up with peterman what's up (laughs) oh my god
0: uh yeah the problem is i don't totally know where you guys are gonna take these so uh how should i ask that addison i have no idea
1: <laughs> you can
2: just A- let's so just, what, just say, what are we doing here Just say Addison let's get your thoughts Okay you know, something like that Addison what's right. up Hey what's <laughs> up <laughs> Not much John what's up with you
0: <laughs> uh, Not much I was just you know sitting here thinking about Nathan Peterman and Tyrod Taylor's concussion so <laughs> Hey All right Nathan Peterman making a push to start. Tyrod Taylor still in the concussion protocol. Addison Hayes. Why, Let's why get do we your care? Thoughts. Why Let's do we care about this? they <laughs> <laughs> playing the freaking Jets. This game is going to be disgusting. Why should we care who starts for the Bills?
1: I don't. I, like you said, I don't know if we should. <laughs> um,
0: why, I, why are we podcasting right now? This is this is pointless. <laughs> Uh, so much editing so much editing and then Addison's answer